Hi guys, welcome back to the sixth episode of Mix Chart. Thank you all for tuning in. So today's episode is going to be a bit of an intense one, but one that is definitely relevant to the circumstances in Pakistan and definitely about what's important and what's going on in the country. So our guest speaker for today is one of my really close friends and someone that I've got to know really closely over the past year and a half, Zoya Fasyuddin. Hi everyone, as Hamza introduced me, my name is Zoya. I'm really excited to talk about this topic. I'm a bit nervous because it's always kind of scary to talk about it, but I feel like it is something that needs to be spoken about. It is something that needs to be discussed and it's not something that should be hidden away. And I completely agree Zoya. So our topic for today and a trigger warning as well for everyone who is listening to this episode today's topic is going to be on sexual violence and i think the first question that we have to ask is that sexual violence is a very vague term it can mean so many things to different people so zoya is there a way to kind of narrow it down or a sort of definition people can follow so they understand what the term means so i think that the term sexual violence is sort of like all encompassing it's not a legal term just by the way the word sexual violence and it refers to stuff such as sexual harassment whether it's online harassment it can include sexual assault which again has various forms it can be multiple people assault it can be child abuse and it can also extend all the way to rape and domestic violence so this all kind of comes under the umbrella of sexual violence but i feel like one way to kind of narrow it down is unwanted touching or groping or molestation that makes one feel uncomfortable and all of those other things can kind of fall into that and their severity ranges like i said before yeah so i think that's important for everyone who's listening to know what it means because these things do like they are helpful in the future to know if any of you ever go through something like this like please you should know that it's not okay and it's not normal by any standards but in pakistan this conversation is definitely coming up a lot more especially these days you know with the norma kadam case it's been on everyone's social media everyone is hashtagging it on instagram on twitter on snapchat facebook everywhere you see you see this case but why now what what was so unique about this case or the circumstances in pakistan right now that created all of this like noise and good noise for this topic well as sad as it is for me to say this i think the reason why the new mukaddam case gained so much i guess the right word is clout on social media is because um the guy who perpetrated it was from a high social standing and he was wealthy normally when we see these cases it's someone who we haven't heard of it's a random person on the street and because this person was sort of in an extended social circle from the same i guess community as a lot of us it hit us to our core and we realized that sexual assault can be anyone it's not confined to those people who are uneducated or who we don't know it can be the most educated of them all it can be someone who's completely successful who's living their life and it doesn't there's no criteria for rape there's no criteria for beheading there's no criteria for violence the perpetrator can be anyone and it's kind of pushed this feeling that we aren't safe and i think that a lot of this this big misconception that after this case 
sexual assault cases have increased because we've been seeing it a lot more on social media. But in my opinion, those cases have always been there. And even though the Noor Mugadam case is horrible, it is one case that has brought to light lots and lots of other cases and has finally succeeded in bringing to the light that sexual assault happens every single day. And it was like, it's like a domino effect, you know, yeah. you hear it with one person and now every other people, every, like all people are talking about their experiences and calling out people, which is really important. It's like, it's empowered and it's sad that it took such a tragic exactly. event to empower people to talk about this issue. But I guess even in these things, like that's the thing that's come out of it now is that we are actually having these conversations, whether it's with our friends or whether it's with our parents and femicide is I mean, I'm, I think that's the word that would encompass this case exactly. in Pakistan. It's, I mean, it's very prominent. You're right. We see it every day. Exactly. Like, I feel that the word femicide, it's kind of like there's this war against women that's being perpetuated by these patriarchal standards. And it's just not stopping. And I feel like, you know, this case has given... As Hamza said, it's very tragic, but it's given the light to all those cases that we see now every day on social media. Like, I think around a week ago on my social media, every single day I read about a little girl being groped, um, someone else being burnt, an honor killing. Like, this all comes under that wide umbrella of sexual violence, but it's all not okay. And it's all this form of femicide. And I think that... This is one of the big, biggest, dare I say it, pandemics facing Pakistan today because the sexual assault endemic is, I think, sort of like a cancer that's pervading through our society and is showing no sign of stopping. So that's actually something interesting you brought up. But you talked about like the pandemic and something that at least I've heard of or I've seen online is the shadow pandemic that is definitely like at least that's what people compare to the pandemic you said was femicide. And now this is something that's arisen because of COVID-19. So could you elaborate a little on what the shadow pandemic is? Yes. So um, the UN, UN women actually coined the term shadow pandemic as the pandemic of gender-based violence. So again, all of the things that I mentioned earlier that are around sexual assault come under the idea of gender-based violence that being men assaulting women. So um, the shadow pandemic was actually, I guess, coined at this point. And during COVID-19, one of the biggest forms of assault that increased the most was actually domestic violence because people were stuck at home. And there was, there's, I, I'm not remembering the exact statistic, but there was a wide exacerbation of the number of people being harassed and assaulted and raped in their very own homes and they really had nowhere else to go and this has kind of been defined as this shadow pandemic that is almost as bad as I guess this anything that we can imagine like it's just horrific yeah it, I mean it is it's terrible and again it's like this problem existed before COVID-19 but it's only because of it that we're actually realizing yeah. it's a problem like why do why does it have to be a huge tragic event that shows light to this issue like it can't always be like that and because like that's how our society is it is a taboo but do you think that taboo stems from patriarchal standards or does it stem far back from colonialism or is it a mix of the both like 
why is it so taboo to talk about this topic in our society i think that this taboo is yes it's part of the patriarchal norms and the patriarchal ideas and mindsets that have been passed down for generations and generations that may have actually started with our colonial predecessors but at the same time i think that families even though it may be unintentional in some cases they bring forth this idea and they push it on girls and their families that a ladki ko izzat honi chahiye you know like she needs to have respect she can't go around and there's this idea that it's always the girl's fault like even with this noor muqaddam case i've had so many tweets that are like she was suggestive it was her fault and this is all that patriarchal mindset like once again creating that cycle and i think that the reason why it is taboo is because people are afraid to reach out because of comments like that because of the fear that let's say i'm going to speak up about an incident that happened with me but there's going to be people on social media defaming you blaming you judging you and that in itself has kind of led to this idea of taboo because not only do the victims not feel comfortable with speaking out but at the same time the people who hear their stories will make them feel even worse so that's i guess what's been creating the cycle yeah there's no like comfort for any victim knowing that they've shared their story it's like they're the ones who's being blamed for it like why were you acting like this why didn't you do this why did you go out on the highway at night like why why did you like why did you act like this even though they did nothing inherently wrong to deserve it but i also do want to go off on a little tangent here to talk about the fact that right now we're talking about usually older men doing this to women mm-hmm. but what we don't see in the news as much or what's not talked about in pakistan even less is with younger boys who are victims of sexual violence and sexual abuse so i think that um as you said younger boys can even be victims of sexual assault and sexual abuse i think that child molestation can happen to children of any gender any gender you know so once i was talking to someone and they were telling me about their experience and there was workers in their home who'd actually assaulted a little girl and her brother and i think that you know sexual assault cannot be confined to simply one gender it can happen to all regardless now since we've been talking about men it's also important to understand that there's boys in our society who believe that they can get away with anything they don't really really realize the gravity of their actions they don't understand boundaries and i feel like one of the biggest issues for this is the fact that there is a lack of sexual education which may be due to religious reasons but at the same time those reasons are in no way justified i think that young people think that they'll get away with it they think they won't get called out and they think that even if they do get called out there is no evidence for them assaulting someone there is nothing to prove it except for his word or her word against mine yeah definitely like it's not a gendered problem but it is clear that it is men who are largely perpetuating this vicious cycle like you said it's usually them who are the perpetrators and therefore it is also the responsibilities upon them to realize that their actions are wrong and to correct those actions it shouldn't always be the victim saying you know you did this wrong like you should be able to realize that you assaulted someone yourself and that exactly. that you shouldn't be able to think that you're going to get away with it because you shouldn't be able to get away with it but the fact that we let that our society lets them and our government lets them like that's where the problem is and you talked about how 
at least in the Noor Muqaddam case, it was someone in social circles that we understood. It felt close to us yeah. almost because we knew people who knew that guy. Like I knew people who knew that guy. So it yeah. felt so weird when hearing about this. Like it felt close to home. So when it is someone in our social circle that we know, it can be scary sometimes. Yeah. If it's someone you've grown up with, how do you talk to them about it? How do you call them out? Because sometimes you just want to hide behind the situation because it's too stressful to deal with it. So what advice would you give to those people who are going through that? So honestly, for me, I feel like my instinct is to always believe the victim. And I think this is because, honestly, why would someone come up with a story if it wasn't true? Why would they be so brave to tell that? And I think that for those of you who may have had a friend or may have had an acquaintance. <coughs> Sorry, I don't have COVID, but um, we have had an acquaintance who's kind of perpetuated sexual assault. I think the best thing to do would not be ignore it. You can't ignore it. If they're your friend, talk to them, call them out on it. That is your job as their friend. If you didn't know about it, your job is not to stay in the shadows and still stay friends with them and you know your job is to kind of figure this out because you've been growing up with this person you need to know the other side of it you need to know you know maybe my friend has been assaulting girls or assaulting boys for years you know you you deserve it for yourself to kind of get that get those answers yeah i completely agree like you can't expect other people to talk about sexual harassment and make it a conversation when you're not the one who deals with it uh, yourself in your own circle. So Zoya, you've done a lot of work with Ahang and the Ministry of Health, as you've told me about. So could you talk about and discuss the kind of work you've done to deal with this issue that you think that is extremely relevant? So um, I interned with Ahang, which is a the Pakistan's leading NGO for sexual and reproductive health rights. And I focused specifically with them on teenagers. So we actually designed, first we had multiple focus group discussions. We had one with students, we had some with adults, we had some with conservative adults. And the point was to kind of garner and gather information on why people have the perspectives they do, why children don't go to their parents or the adults in their lives, why some of them do, and how parents can kind of talk to their children from a very young age. So I did projects like that with them. And then we also conducted several awareness sessions with people who are, have traditional ideas and try to convince them of the you know alternative and what the other idea is and why sexual assault is wrong, why it shouldn't be taboo. And based on all of these uh, discussions and conversations that we you know had and recorded, we created this intervention program for sexual harassment in teens, which is specifically for adults to use if their child may be going through something and how they can use kind vocabulary and kind actions to talk to them. And as well as, you know, um, I work with them as they wrote a couple of books on good touch and bad touch for young children from about three to four years old so that they can learn about boundaries from a very, very young age. Now, with the Ministry of Human Rights, I helped distribute these films to various schools across Pakistan on the laws and legislation regarding women in Pakistan. So there are not very many, as we all know, I guess, 
things embedded within the government about sexual assault. But for the very few that they are, I don't know if anyone knows this, but there's a helpline for sexual assault created by the government. There's an app created by the government for sexual assault. And I basically visited schools across the country to raise awareness on these apps and this helpline because it's really not used as much as it should be because we have the, I guess, facility, but it's not publicly known enough for us to do anything about it. So I think one of the most important things is raising awareness about, I think, all of the the access we have to, I guess, technology within itself has given the rise to so many people being able to get justice. But at the same time, it's really hard. So there's lots of anonymous mechanisms that have also been introduced by the ministry, which, you know, I helped raise awareness on. But yes. I think that's some amazing, amazing work that you've done that's going to help so many people. And I think the way to end this episode would be, you know, to anyone listening out there who's a survivor, who's a victim, just know that, like, either me or Zoya, like, if you need someone to talk to and you feel like you're, you have no one, please reach out like you can text me on my Instagram. Yeah. You can text Zoya. She'll be tagged on this post as well. But do reach out. And if you are struggling, just know that some at least someone out there cares for you and you wants to make sure that you're okay. Like honestly, if you just want to vent, if you want to cry, even if something hasn't happened to you specifically, but you feel safe with everything going on, message me. Message Hamza. We, we, we've all been feeling it. You know, I think that the truth is that with the reality that's in our country these days, not all of us feel like we can even go outside of the house alone. And I think that as horrific as it is, we have each other at least, right? And we can deal with this together. So don't hesitate to message, call, cry. I mean, that's just the way of it. That's just the way of coping. And, you know, we're all we're all coping. So thank you so much, Zoya, for coming on this episode. It It's not easy to talk about for anyone. And it, I probably, I imagine it's not easy to listen to for other people, but yeah. it's so... I thought you guys were listening. Yeah, I mean, if you are listening, thank you. And listen to all the other episodes too, please. But um, it is a really important topic. And once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you all for tuning in. And I hope you like this episode. I post every Sunday... The next episode is also going to be really cool. I'm interviewing someone and I hope you guys listen to that as well.